0: Welcome in to The Living Room Disciple Podcast. Phil and I are returning from a month-long sabbatical, and we are here to talk about rest. In a culture that increasingly defines us by what we produce, how are we formed as Christians when we decide to stop each and every week for 24 hours of rest, celebration, and trust in God? We are so excited to be back, and we are thrilled that you've joined us for this episode of The Living Room Disciple Podcast where discipleship finds a home.
1: Nick, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you too, Phil. Nick, I think it's interesting. uh, We were just talking before we hit record and you said something. uh, We were making jokes that people expect us to have things to say. People expect us to be smart. And I feel like we just, we're in a situation culture maybe it's always been like this in human history i have no context but i feel like i'm i'm in a cultural context where i'm always expected and then the list just goes on i'm expected to like Mm. provide financially for six humans myself as one of them i'm expected to be presentable i'm expected to like i I mean just you you know to, to meet all these different um nuanced social norms um be a productive member of society, be a productive member of an ecclesiastical biblical community. Uh, I definitely feel the pressure to be intelligent and to perform and to make my life worth something. I'm feeling low. I mean, do you get, you get on going with this?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, I think uniquely on individuals now in ways that didn't probably used to exist, at least in the same way. I think looking back in history at more, um, kind of communal cultures that mm-hmm. kind of absorbed a little bit of that in community um and i that 's not to say the pressures were less, but the the burden and the load was shared whereas now we we kind of individualize that and we take it all on ourselves instead of feeling like we're mm-hmm. we're doing it together so yeah, I think there's an intent, an immense amount of pressure on all of us we all feel we feel like the eyes of the world are on us we feel like we have to please bosses and spouses and kids and mm. friends and um honestly i i regularly have to think about you know to what degree am i a producer of you know productivity of any kind versus i'm a human being made in the image of god made to walk with god and love yeah. god and love my neighbor um and i think yeah i think that that pressure and that stress can malform us malform the way we think of ourselves as human beings
1: I, I think the idea of like collective versus individualistic mindsets is something we've talked about a lot in the podcast and it's tough because it's like there was times in human histories and there's still cultures in human histories or in in, in current history today in the world there's cultures that would say we are going to do great things or we are going to do xyz
0: yeah
1: Um, or we are going to be like, or we are going to do, and we live in a culture here in America and in much of the Western world where it's, I'm going to, I need to do a great thing. I need to be, and I think one of the toughest parts of that is being willing to come to the point of bravery and courage, which I've, I've come to realize it is to, to say for an, for this period of time, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to biblically rest I'm going Mm. to Sabbath. I'm going to take time off because those moments are deep seasons of trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for us, um, we host a podcast uh, that we're stoked that people listen to and keep listening to, which is amazing. (laughs) Yes, huge shout out. Yeah. And um, in this sphere, the number one rule it seems is always be producing always be creating always be generating never ever stop and we just came back from four weeks of not doing anything podcast related and our podcast grew a bunch actually um but it was kind of i don't i we're gonna dive a little bit in a moment into like our personal experiences with taking that time off but i first want to just throw it out like we should probably talk to people about why we took a break. Um, I think if some of us listen to the introductions of, of our episodes throughout the month of January, you'll know. Um, but, and Nick, you jump in on this. You know, we, we kind of came together as a team early on. And that was one of the driving ideas was that if we do this, we want to do this with trust in the Lord. And we are going to take a month off this every single year. And I think for the only reason of we need a break, yeah. you know, running a podcast on top of being parents and working jobs and other things that we're doing inside church or whatever is a lot. Um, I don't know. Were you nervous when, when the time came for us to like not do anything podcast related?
0: I wouldn't say I was nervous. I think, I think I felt like we had, Prepared, and I think we had a lot of conversations about, you know, trusting in God's provision and putting it in His hands. And regardless mm-hmm. of what happened over that month, it was in God's hands. And I think um, the the integrity in having a podcast about spiritual formation, having a podcast that says how do things form us. Um, and then saying, you know what, we're not we're not going to make decisions based on what's the most productive or what's going to give us the most growth. We're going to make decisions based on what is spiritually formative, um, and not just not mm. just to to do it, but to model it to listeners as well. That this is a, a core value for us. Um, and so I think I think part of what happens there is we give ourselves a chance to be formed into people who trust God to take care of things when our hands are not on the wheel, um, to let Him run cruise control, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's part of the, the, the key to Sabbath, I think is, is trust. Um, that when I step back, I don't actually lose my intrinsic value as a person because I'm not producing something. Um, the things that we produce are not suddenly going to be destroyed because we take our hands off of them. Um, but we actually serve a God of more than enough, not in some prosperity gospel way, but in a, he is the creator and sustainer of all things and we can trust him, um, that that all things are in his hands and he can
1: he can do what he will
0: I with want to or without. Our what help. You
1: just said though, I think that was so important. Like if you back up, there's almost something about the fact that that taking rest and not producing anything is like a declarative statement that your worth and value is not in production and in what you exactly, create.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How does that hit you? I'm curious, in light of, I know we've we've talked a lot about the beginning of Genesis. And so when God says you know, rule and subdue, and he. The first thing he does with humans is give them a task. Um, mm-hmm. So, how does that hit you to say that humanity has tasks to accomplish, but we're not just producers?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Genesis, and um, yeah, I think it's interesting. There is an. I think, because I'm, I'm coming in with a ton of biases, I'm sure, but my conviction is that Adam and Eve have intrinsic and wonderful value whether or not they complete the task given and yeah. it is because they have value and the task itself provides um, an affirmation of that value you know for Adam and Eve they are told to cultivate Adam specifically before the creation of Eve. Adam Adam human um, was given the task of naming animals which, is this like real mirror image of the task that Yahweh just completed in speaking into existence things. So Adam speaking in uh, order into an animal kingdom, the way God spoke order into the cosmos. But there's like this understanding and belief that God's value is not in his creation because if it was, then he has no value on day seven. Um, but Mm he, but he has value in, 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 just simply intrinsic to to him, right? Uh, He is, and therefore he has value, as it were. Uh, And that's demonstrated through the ability to take rest and in no way, shape, or form affect the value or the intrinsic worth of the creator. And if we're created in his image, I think it's the same, that we can work for six days. We work out of an overflow of that um, creative energy that comes from being human. Um, But we rest and our rest doesn't affect our value. The problem is it's easy to say theoretically. Mm. It's really easy to say theoretically. But like, I don't know what I would have done. Not that that's not true. I think I know what I would, I would have been through a difficult, to some extent, emotional or mental or whatever process that you want to call. If we had come back and, so we came back together as a team mid-January to get ready for our February episodes. And if we had come back in mid-January and it was like, well, nobody's listening to us anymore. <laughs> they didn't like yeah. that we re-released episodes. The mm-hmm. whole podcast kind of tanked and <laughs> every follower left. That would challenge yeah. assumptions about the value that I bring and the value that I have in this space. And so I, I do, I'm just saying, I just sense that tension. You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Yeah, I
0: wholeheartedly agree. And I think that should lead us to ask the question, how much am I? assuming that my value is based on what i can produce right um so we can preach all day that we have dignity simply because we are god's creation and more specifically the image of god um but do we really believe that our value is separate from what we produce or is before Mm -hmm. what we produce i should say um is that something? Is that a is that about is that a belief that we have in our minds, or is it a belief that we're actually living out and believing mm-hmm. and, and acting out with our with our actions? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's something that I and you know through your actions, and
1: I think that's really important because you know I can struggle emotionally. Like I think sometimes we can say to ourselves like, "Well, I struggle with this internally, therefore it is true about me," but. It's really more indicative about our actions. So What I mean by that is um, when we, me and my wife, as a family, started the process of taking Sabbath, taking one day where we aren't being productive, we're not doing house chores, we're not doing whatever, we start that journey and we're butted up with fear and anxiousness that all of these goals and desires that we have for our life won't be accomplished because we're taking out a seventh of our time to accomplish them. Those fears don't really at their core describe my beliefs. My actions Mm. do. And I think that's really important Mm. because I think right now we're living in a society and culture that says, if this is what I feel, this is what I believe. And I don't believe that's true. I believe that what we do is a demonstration of what we believe. Or at least it's a more nuanced connection between what we do and how we feel that is more indicative of the beliefs we have. So if you believe yeah. that, that the Lord is good and he is going to sustain you and he is going to make the work of your hand succeed, then you'll follow his example and you'll have times of rest and, and you'll demonstrate through that action.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that the truest thing about us is not what we believe, but how we behave. I think you're mm-hmm. spot on about that. And I also just want to go back to what you said earlier about if if we have no value when we're not producing anything, then God had no value on the seventh day. And of course that's, that's ridiculous. So, so that, that's such a a helpful framework for me um, just to, to set aside the cultural assumptions that we are surrounded by um, whether it's social media ideas of you need to be producing content or, or whether it's, um, you know, economic or something, something with work where you need to constantly be producing, producing, producing to to meet demands or quotas or or your boss's expectations, or you run your own company and you're trying to meet your goals or whatever it is. We are constantly bombarded by this. And sometimes it's necessary. Like we actually have a deadline to meet in order to put bread on the table for our family or, or whatever that looks like. Um, so sometimes that pressure, those, those demands are necessary in order to survive. Um, and yet, that pressure usually is, is above and beyond that. Um, It's social pressure. Um, It's, it's pressure to not just survive, but to be able to buy excess and fill our homes with things that we don't actually need. It's pressure to become influencers or popular or or get more attention so that then we can feel like we're loved um, or known or seen. And all this pressure actually is, is crushing us all along. Um, So I think, one thing that sabbath does is it's a countercultural force it's a practice that that takes us out of this world and in a sense engages us in the next world right um so has, has that felt like a reality for you as you step back and rest
1: yeah i really like that like it takes us out of this world i i would say and, and i know you'd agree with this you're actually one of the people i think that's kind of helped me acclimate to this language it it um it helps me root deeper into the king, the citizenship that I have in the kingdom. Mm. Um, if Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and he's, and he's the Lord of my life, you know, if like he's Lord over these things, um, and I'm in his kingdom, then I don't know. I just, I, I can't really describe it as much, but when I, when me and my wife rest, or I'll go back to just with the, the living room disciple, uh, you know, our, our podcast and taking a month off, when doing that, like taking a full season really off, reminded me of the kingdom that I'm in and mm. the point of the podcast and the purpose of what we're doing, and uh gave me kind of like a, a fresh understanding of like what the Lord's desiring for it. Like it was in rest and in the building up yeah. of rest that I also became like refocused. Was that like a similar experience that you had, or I mean, how was yeah. it different for you being off?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's this weekly pressure of, I'm sure you felt this tension too. Where for listeners, we record on Tuesday nights most of the time, and usually Mm -hmm, Tuesday mm -hmm. about seven o'clock, there starts to be this pressure of like, man, I'm so exhausted, but I'm really excited to have this conversation. But it's a lot. I worked all day today. I was with the kids, you know. But I'm excited. So it's this constant battle is constant tension so when those converse when the conversation isn't at the end of tuesday night um of course there's the missed element of friendship and getting to talk about nerdy things that we love talking sure. about but at the same time there's this sense of just like being able to lay down and give it to, to give it to the lord right um mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of this this release that i am not expected to carry it constantly um and mm-hmm. so i, I think mm-hmm. that's a blessing um I think it was in the the Bible Project series on Seventh Day Rest. Um, I might be wrong about that, but I think that's where I heard this, that as the temple is a sacred space that is different than space outside of it and is a embodiment of God's Eden presence kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven in the Old Testament, um, the same thing is true of Sabbath within time. So the what the mm. temple is in space is what the the Sabbath is in time. it's a it's a holy space of God's presence of God's kingdom to come um, that is set apart from the time around mm. it. Um, and so thinking of entering into Sabbath the same way you might think of if you were able to go back thousands of years and walk in the gates into the, into the temple courtyard and then walk through those doors and, and smell the aromas and see the smoke and see the lit candles and, and see this is a holy space with the, with the fragrance, with the presence of God. We should think of, of Sabbath in a similar way. We are walking into a holy space. We're going to, we're going to allow God to move in this, this time.
1: Hmm. It's just like, I don't know. That's, it's very metaphysical, but it's very beautiful yeah. to like, and I, I think the more I follow Jesus, the more like these two things are becoming true or, I, or, or I'm or i beginning to understand how often what is true and what is beautiful often seem to like just go hand in hand. Yeah, right. And it is true. Like when we set mm. aside time and we call that time holy, just like mm. having set a place holy, like when we do it in devotion and commitment to the Lord, he honors that. And it's like to some interesting, uh, uh, unable to fully quantify it level, he chooses to dwell there in a special way. You know, I think about um, Moses and there's this, do you remember the Moses like the point, you know, burning bush, Moses, is like walking up to the burning bush and Yahweh's like, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. Yeah. And I don't know, that always like struck me because, correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of anywhere else in scripture where that's commanded. I don't remember the priests going, having a command to go into the Holy of Holies barefoot. Um, It's just this special and sacred and wonderful moment. And there seems to be this heart posture of Sabbath, at least in my life it's become really beautiful where it's like that same idea. It's like taking a moment and saying like, take your metaphorical sandals off. This is holy ground and we are going to rest and we are going to be at peace. And um, that doesn't mean we're lazy. In fact, honestly, it's in, it's in that time of rest that I I often have doors opened to, to participate in acts of Mm. love. Jesus says, is it it right to, to do good or evil on the Sabbath? Right. And, I uh, you know, we'll probably, I don't know, we should probably talk about some practical, like how to do Sabbath in a moment. But, um, you know, one of the, the very practical things that we've learned is having Sabbath at a regular cadence in our life is that oftentimes it's the time to, to do good. Something comes up, somebody needs something, somebody whatever. And to do good with that mentality of peace and rest um, has been a joy. So it's not laziness. It's an intentional commitment of an act of faith to choosing to a lack of productivity really yeah. and and to defy the the hustle culture that we exist in right and this might
0: sound kind of silly but i think in a way like you're talking about how sabbath is not laziness in a way it's actually harder than just continuing yeah. to do what you've been doing the other six days um, it's almost, it's almost more difficult because as we talked about at the beginning, you're laying down your identity for a day and saying, I'm not going to do any of the things that I usually allow to define me and make me who I am. Um, and Were we even broadcasters for a month? Uh, yeah, right, right. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're laying down our sense of self-reliance and independence and I can do this yeah. on my own and pull myself up by my bootstraps and we're saying, nope, I'm taking twenty four hours or a month off in this in this case. And we're just gonna see what God does and how God moves. Um mm. and there's no pressure on that. Like it would have been totally okay if the podcast tanked over that month and God is gonna do what God
1: is gonna do. Right. Um Yeah, I still would have been a yeah. little salty, but I, I'm tracked with you. Absolutely. Just kinda yeah, kidding but from, I don't know. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I absolutely understand. Um, Yeah, I'm just thinking about the the story where the disciples are on the boat in the storm and Jesus is just down below napping and the disciples are freaking out because they think they're about to die. And in how many ways is that just a parable of our life today where we're freaking out and there's waves and wind and storms and everything's crashing up against us and there's immense pressure and fear and anxiety against us. And Jesus is just down below taking a nap and we're like, don't you even care that we're freaking out?
1: And he's like, you shouldn't be freaking out. I've got this. <laughs> and I think the most interesting thing, because I think that's actually a really good one, a good story to talk about. I think mean, the problem is the stories like that, would they become trite because we heard them so much, I yeah. don't think that Jesus ever indicated that these aren't genuine real threats. Being oh, right, on the true. Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm would be terrifying. Like, Death is like a thing, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like yeah, that's right. like a real possibility. Like I don't ever get the indication. Like Jesus weeps when people die. Like I, you know, Jesus yeah, never makes danger or a threat of danger into a trite "don't be worried about it" type mentality. I think this actually goes back to our conversation last year with was it was it Becky Castle Miller? We talked, yeah, when we talked about language and yeah, great. Oh, so oh, so fun. Picking our favorite hmm. episode was gnarly hard. Anyways, yeah. um, but you know, I just think that some of these words don't translate well. And for more mm-hmm. context, check out that interview. Um, but I, I think there's just this underlying like, okay, this is a scary thing. If I was to tell, if, if there's a listener out there and there, I'm sure there is, you're, you're out there and you currently have no intentional 24 hour period that you set aside to rest or and you don't have a rhythm in your life of taking time off of things and, you know, pulling away from social media or pulling away from your phone or whatever, like you're just a go, go, go and you know it and, and, and your spouse knows it and your kids know it and everybody knows that you go all the time. It is a real thing. That if you pull away from XYZ, you may not make as much money. You definitely won't get as much stuff done around your house as you need to.
0: <laughs>
1: and then I say need, not want, need. You know, I, I get that. And it's possible that whatever side hustle you're working on or social media presence you're trying to curate will straight up tank. Because it is true that a lot of algorithms online are made for consistency and all that. Like, I just think that it's it's saying like the threats are real and you still get to choose. Yeah, you still get still to choose it. trust, yeah. right? In mm. in the Lord who created all of the the things that are causing that. Mm. Right? Maybe not the social structures, but the people who created the social structures. You know what I mean? Like he's he's still the creator of the wind and the waves. And so do you trust him to orchestrate the cosmos in a way that is good, mm. at least in the end, will be good, or do you not? And I right. and I think that's the thing. It's not it's not about downplaying the dangers. It's actually about to some extent, honestly, it's about upplaying the dangers, really seeing them for what they are. And mm-hmm. when you really see the dangers for what they are, then you can see that trusting the Lord of the Sabbath is a it's an incredibly difficult, countercultural, impossible thing to do without an, an, a changed spirit um, and, and a, a renewed life. But when we've given our life to the Lord and we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, it should become a natural extension of that spirit indwelling. Right. And I think when we see the dangers for
0: what they really are, like you're saying, then we can come to the realization that, like oh my goodness i'm actually not strong enough to handle this like i thought i was that that 24 hours becomes a chance to humble ourselves and realize i actually really need god i actually really need my family my church my friends my community because i Mm -hmm. can't do it on my own these waves are tremendously daunting um and the storm is something that i can't calm on my own and i need to rely on jesus and this is this is the gospel right that what i could not do on my own jesus comes and seeks me out jesus comes and finds us and pulls us out of the pit and carries us where we cannot walk on our own he is the way the truth and the life Mm -hmm. and sabbath sabbath is a reminder of this um that that we don't have to carry it all alone because we can't carry it all alone um it's a a reminder of how good god is it's a reminder Mm -hmm. of his kingdom to come where we are not producers, (laughs) Mm. where we may still have a task to do, but we're not defined by the tasks that we accomplish. Um, And it's a a reminder of the fact that he does seek us out and carry us when we are unable to Mm. carry ourselves or carry the burdens that are on us.
1: So good. All right. Well, how do we practically do it? I think this is actually a really good um this is important to talk about for a few reasons so me and you have um in our personal lives have created a habit of sabbath and i think that's where people should start but i do want to talk too about how we made a corporate sabbatical decision yeah and uh what we did to prepare for that so i think there's some basic principles the first thing is is i do think rhythm matters so when you look at your week, I really do believe, um, though it's not necessarily required. And I'm not going to say it's a sin issue, but I think there's a deep level of wisdom in our current culture to choose, choose a 24 hour period that to some extent aligns with your biblical community, um, to seek out a time of rest. And for me and my family, and I recommend this for most, that means there's no formal work, nothing that earns me money. I know it can be difficult depending on the types of job you work, you know, but nothing makes me money. You know, if you're a realtor, you turn that phone off, you know, for that 24 hour period, which is really difficult. Um, we make no major house projects. We clean up the house as we go through the day. Cause I do have four children. Uh, <laughs> but, we, but outside of that, and even on certain days when we know like we're really burnt, we'll use paper plates and stuff, even to try to reduce things as much as possible. Um, what else? what are some tips and tricks from the, the O'Brien home?
0: Yeah. Um, so one of our struggles is actually keeping that regular exact 24 hour rhythm that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just in the season of life we're in, we're, we're actually struggling with that. Um, but something that we do during the week when that is not a possibility for us or Mm -hmm. when we don't make it the, the, uh, priority that it needs to be um, and we fall short on that you um, center you one yeah right um, <laughs> Sorry, one of the things kidding. that that we're very intentional about is um guarding family rest time as mm-hmm. a calendar obligation um so rather than oh. simply saying like we don't want to do that then and then feeling bad about it it's like no that time is set apart for mm-hmm. our family to mm-hmm. participate in rest um, mm. and so we're, we're very intentional about that, about making sure we're not overbooking ourselves, um, because we want to enjoy each other. We want to enjoy God's rest. We want to enjoy our children. Um, and I think, I think what, what helps with that is, um, just realizing that it's okay to say no, because everything you say yes to is a no to something else, yeah. Um, and so we've been we've been intentional about realizing that our yes to family time and that can include other people that doesn't mean yeah. our doors are shut and and nobody gets to come in or anything like that
1: which um, is really important actually I would say it yes it should regularly try to include other people yeah
0: yeah exactly um but saying saying yes to obligations and things that are more on the the work side um is a no to being at mm-hmm. home with your family um, another thing that I think is often underemphasized is that because Sabbath is an anticipation of the ultimate seventh day rest yeah. of the kingdom to come, Sabbath is a celebration, so it's like have a blast, like celebrate one another, laugh a lot, mm. do fun things, eat good food like it's a it's a feast, it's a celebration, it's a party, um so it's not just like sit still and you're not allowed to do anything. It's this like incredibly contemplative day all day long. And there's room for that. There should be moments of quiet. There should be, you know, contemplation and and thought and meditation, but there should also be celebration and laughter and and fun. We serve a good God and a God of joy and
1: the seventh day rest should be joyful. You hit on, I would say like my second tip, which is like planning. And that's kind of, we're talking about like reserving that time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And, you know, for us, we do sundown to sundown versus like Mm -hmm. a day. I just noticed that's super helpful for us. So we do from like Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown. Um, And I don't know why, but something about that makes it a thousand times easier. We were doing essentially when we woke up on Saturday to when we went to sleep on Saturday. And that was really difficult. But planning and part of the planning is um, getting things done ahead of time. Right. So me and my wife almost like joke. My wife's really good about this too. Um, but like Friday before sundown, we almost, we do like like the rush. <laughs> like we clean the whole house, try to get all the laundry. If we're getting a load of laundry and it's getting in now, you know what I mean? Like we do all this work um, Friday before sundown to get ready for the rest. And that's actually one of the things we did for the living room disciple as well. And I say we, and I really mean Eric and Anissa shout out to just those champions who yes. scheduled posts and did extra editing in the weeks and months leading up to our time off that way, even though we were posting um, our favorite episodes through the month of January, um, nobody was working on them and they were all scheduled ahead of time. So to take that month off, there was extra time that went in ahead of time. And I can already hear somebody saying then why take the time off Why Hmm. not just, and I think that's the, the next important thing about Sabbath or sabbaticals, which is the third thing, which is, um, disconnect. And so I think sometimes we don't consider rest or we don't consider connection to online space and, um, our phones, especially, we don't we don't think of like sitting and and like I'm just gonna say like looking at TikTok or Instagram or whatever the cool kids are on these days, and uh, we don't see that as like exhausting, yeah. Until we've done it for That's two hours, really and actually retired, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for us, we you know again you know mostly our team taking on that extra work, there's still such benefit in the full disconnect right yeah and i would say that
0: the prep work is not i'm going to do twice as much so that i don't have to do anything tomorrow it's do the bare minimum to be able to have sabbath tomorrow it's not it's not because otherwise you're just recreating the i'm a producer so i have to do twice as much today in order to do nothing tomorrow that's true Um, so it's do enough to get by tomorrow um Mm -hmm. but trust that the lord will provide the next day um i think that's I think that's where it's at, be able to find that. And the point is not um, the work that's getting done, getting accomplished. The point is having the time to rest with God, with your family, with with church community.
1: You know the saddest thing? I've been talking about Sabbath for so long, Nick. I'm at this point where I don't actually expect anybody to take my advice. Mm. Is that weird? What do you mean by that? It, it is so difficult in our culture to genuinely Sabbath. Right. I know so few people who really do it. Yeah. You know, or like I'll talk to someone and, and they perceive Sabbath. um, They, it's just like, it, it, they just like binge Netflix for a day or something. You know what I mean? And it, I don't know, or, or, and there's always excuses. It's always like I can't, or I will one day. I, you know, like I don't know. Like I, I think I'm becoming not jaded, but like it is one of the most difficult and countercultural things to do. Like I don't, I don't know if we could say that enough. Choosing to to commit to a lifestyle, right, of Sabbath, of rest, of of turning your phone off once a week of looking at your kids in the eyes of not doing the host projects and chores of like not answering. It is the hardest freaking thing. And it is probably a good step one for most Christians to actually commit to the kingdom of heaven as yeah, a genuine right. lifestyle.
0: Yeah. It's a day living as if the kingdom of heaven has already arrived. You get to tune out. The news, you get to tune out the, the, you know, just brokenness that surrounds yeah. us. Um, and for, for just a day, you get to, again, feast and rest and trust God and walk with God and walk with your loved ones yeah. and really, truly live as if the, the kingdom has broken in here and now. Um, and yeah, it's incredibly countercultural. Um, and a, a difficult step to take but I think what's found on the other side at least my experience has been what's found on the other side is actually tremendous joy yeah um, it it starts as a challenge it starts as a huge difficulty and when we've been in rhythm with it it's a it's a tremendous joy when we get out of rhythm with it we miss it and we feel more tired and, and all of the mm-hmm. things that that go with being on the hamster wheel um but when we're in rhythm and in that consistency and going on the cycle that, that God created, there is, there's rest in that. There really is.
1: I think I heard John Mark Comer talking about Sabbath and he said, hmm. it might've been somebody else. I, f- I feel like it's tough. Sometimes you, you read a lot and you listen a lot. You forget how to cite your sources correctly. But somebody <laughs> said, um, when, when you practice Sabbath, you're never more than six days away from rest. Hmm. And I don't know, like that was really powerful perspective for me, but it is such a choice but it is a, it is so formative so we both have young kids and um you know three of my four kids are, are verbal you know my youngest is not start talking to him and my son's like they. it's so adorable to listen to a four-year-old ask you is it sabbath like yeah. you know or they could now some of my older kids they just say like what day is it and because they know friday and Friday night is Sabbath, you know, and like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's part of their life. It's part of their culture. It's a part of how they understand the world. It's a part of like, um, it's an expectation for our family. It's something they look forward to. Um, they know what to expect. It, it takes some of the pressure off being a a dad that works and podcasts and writes and all this stuff. You know, it's, I do a lot and I really try to like focus and give them attention every day, but uh, I work at a workplace that just started doing the return to office kind of stuff. So I'm spending less time with them right now, which is really tough. And it's a lot easier, I know, than many other families because we have this built into our life, mm. you know, Friday night, I'm turning my phone off and I'm just hanging out and I'm going to look at my kids a lot. I'm going to rest my kids a lot and I'm going to whine about how I need sleep probably. And I'm going to read and I'm gonna read <laughs> to them And I'm going to eat ice cream and I don't, you know what I mean? I'm going to wake up late and then I'm going to make coffee with my kids. And I don't know, like I just, it's such, it's a part of our, it's just how we breathe. Mm. And, um, it, one of the benefits, I don't think anybody I've ever heard anybody talk about is it's one of the reasons me and my sons are best friends. Yeah. That's good. You know? Yeah. And
0: you're, putting that framework in place for your sons as they grow up to know both their identity is not in production. Um, but also it's okay to rest. Mm-hmm. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to prioritize yeah. time with each other in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of us are on the hamster wheel of waiting for the next vacation. Um, and that obviously is usually longer spans than six days, but, but it really is possible to, to, to take that time off and a vacation is usually, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say a vacation is bad. Vacation can be wonderful and very restful and God honoring. It can also be kind of self-indulgent, right? But Sabbath is Sabbath is meant to be um, God honoring and others honoring in a, in a restful and trusting way.
1: I think we're going to talk about this book at some point in the future. um, If we can get John Mark Comer on the podcast, Um, but he just released a new book. Um, called practicing the way, and have you been following the practicing the rule of life yeah. content? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, long story short, Jeremy Comer did this amazing teaching series for a really long time. Uh, called practicing the way, deeply formative for me and my wife. Uh, really, really wonderful. Um, kind of took that methodology. I think started a nonprofit called the Rule of Life. Kind of focused on helping people understand modern day spiritual practices or ancient sp- spiritual practices in a modern day context. And I haven't read the book, but the first part of the book is on Sabbath. It's on my reading, reading list. I can't wait. And so I just want to give people too, if, if you're like, okay, like, what's the practical, how do we do that? Uh, more than, than this episode, I would say, check out practicing the way. Yeah. I, Again, you know, it's wrong that I feel this way, but it is is so, I'm so used to looking at Christians who look at me and say, Phil, I know it's a good idea. I know it's something I should be doing, but I can't. And so for anybody who's listened this long, I would just say you can. Uh, just mm. like um, any act of faith, it is normal and healthy to have a moment where you fully acknowledge your humanness and your inability and like any good, healthy act of faith, you do it anyways. Mm. Um, and so choose a day in conjunction with your significant other, if, if that's a part of that equation, um, and choose a 24-hour period. I recommend sundown to sundown. And you're going to do it awkwardly and terribly, and you're going to experience... Uh, moments of boredom and moments where like thoughts that you try not to think about rise to the surface, but keep your phone off, Um, you know, brew a cup of tea, um, read, do what you like to do, walk on the beach or go on a walk around your neighborhood and rest and think about the Lord and laugh and have adventures, but have a day of the week that becomes a rhythm. And um, if you're in a, in a, in a larger kind of thing, like what we're doing, here maybe there's a you're working on a book or you are working on a podcast or you're working on ever um ask yourself what would sabbath look like from this what would rest look like from this thank you for tuning in to living room disciple podcast i'm praying this episode was a blessing to you and thanks so much many of you have been listening for like the whole past year and it's been fantastic we're stoked for year two of the living room disciple Uh, So make sure to share this episode with a friend. Also, check out thelivingroomdisciple.com for more information about who we are and how to support us on Patreon. Huge shout out to Anissa Live for all the production work and getting this episode uh, cleaned up uh, and making me and Nick look marginally intelligent, hopefully. And thank you to Eric for getting this episode out into the world for all of you to listen. And also to Daniel, Daniel Ramirez, who composed the music for this episode. And as always, thanks to you for being willing to listen and to grow. Uh, it is a pleasure uh, hosting the Living Room Disciple Podcast where discipleship finds a home.